0: <laughs> I got her, got her hashtag young gang. Mm-hmm. She had just yawned too, but luckily we're in the magic corner of the <laughs> the apartment that makes her yawn all the time. Yeah, and I have to say I'm rather perturbed that we're still in the apartment. We should totally be in our house.
1: No, we were never scheduled to be in our house. Right now, we still have two weeks from when we were scheduled to be in the house.
0: Well, yeah, I'm, I mean. <clears throat> We're still a month away and I'm pissed off about it. So. I'm so
1: sorry. <laughs> we'll get there.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know when.
1: I don't know either. Or how.
0: Maybe we can light a fire underneath these guys. Uh, anyways. That probably won't work. Plus no. if
1: we light a fire underneath their asses, they're in our house and it might burn down and then we have to start all over and we'll do light
0: that. the fire outside the house.
1: But then they'll run in the house.
0: I mean, not if we shut all the doors.
1: I mean, fair point, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, building frustrations aside, hi, honey. You ready for more Bible stuff?
1: Yes. Yeah. You ready for Eze? I am ready for more Eze. All right. You can teach me about it.
0: I'm going to teach you about Eze today.
1: Okay. I'm... And
0: and three different parables. Okay. About how God's going to fuck Israel up, bad. Okay, I'm I ready. Know, I don't know why, why he had to reiterate it three times other than the magical number three.
1: Three times. He, what do you mean three times? God has said he's going to fuck them up so many times.
0: Well, I know, but he uses three different ways to tell them in this particular Bible study today. Yeah, in this specifically. Specifically. Yeah. Well, it's um, over.
1: it's over the course of three chapters. Right. hmm
0: But in, in a single Bible study is what I meant. Uh-huh. Okay, so last time, God had Eze e crawl through shit, cosplay an exiled Jew, and had him scream obscenities at young children.
1: Sounds like a good time.
0: <laughs> Does it? <laughs> no. Can y'all just imagine Casey out on the sidewalk <laughs> screaming obscenities at children? It's like, Covers this is a good shit. day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first way... Uh, These are all allegories, by the way. The first way, God is going to talk about Judah getting fucked over in several different ways. Uh, The first way, um, God starts with a useless vine that George of the Jungle uses to swing from. George then swings from a vine into a bonfire, which uh, he represents Israel. And Israel is going to get burnt alive. Yikes. Hardcore, get fucked, Israel. You're useless as shit. I'm just going to use you as kindling. I think that's what it's called, right?
1: Yeah, that sounds rude. It does. You know what makes really good kindling? What? I mean, besides hair. Cow shit? Well, no. Dryer lint. That's one of those, like, survivalist things. They tell you save your dryer lint because it makes excellent kindling. Like, save your dryer lint in, in gallon bags. And just toss it with all of your, your other survival shit.
0: Oh. Should we start doing that?
1: Yeah, when we get in the house, we have room. Yeah, we're going to do that.
0: Oh, okay. We don't have room in the survival bag that you have now?
1: Uh, well, so the survival thing I have now, yes, there's room, but it's kind of in the closet and there's shit on top of it. So when there's not shit on top of it, then we'll have room. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Next God is going to talk about a cheating bitch. Uh, And this is a parable, of course, uh, or allegory, whatever. Uh, So anyways, this wife that God has, right? When when she was born, she came out filthy, salty, and she was still attached at the umbilical. (laughs) Basically, her name was Karen.
1: She wasn't salty. That was the problem.
0: The baby was then discarded in a field and told to fuck off. Rude. Luckily, babies at this time, at least in this allegory, uh, allegory work a lot like plants. And the baby was the seed, and so it sprouted roots and uh, like a plant and was able to produce green mana for everyone. Anybody wanted to, like, throw down some, like, green spells, they would just have to soak it up from her, I guess. Anyways, um, the girl plant then grew big titties and God wanted to fuck them. Oh no. So. uh, I knew this
1: one wasn't going to go well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, God wanted to fuck her and so he clothed her and then had his way with her. The girl plant woman is Israel in this uh, allegory or whatever. So God basically graped Israel. Didn't ask permission or anything.
1: Not the first time.
0: No, it wouldn't be the first time he graped them. Uh, the, God then cleaned Israel up and gave her some special jewelry, you know, kind of like pe- pedophiles do. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of, that's one of the key indicators getting, like getting them jewelry and stuff like that, treating them special. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, it's this part is, of grooming. It is God's grooming. Um,
1: I mean, that's exactly what he's describing grooming Israel.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. God then made her a queen. Still treating her special. But then she decided to sell her body on Craigslist. I don't know if that's where you do that kind of stuff, but Craigslist.
1: (laughs) Etsy. (laughs) Etsy. (laughs) eBay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and and she was doing it just to piss God off. Uh and then she found her way to the big dick Egyptian's house. And it
1: actually does say that. Yep.
0: Yeah, God got so hard from being cucked like this that he was aroused with anger. Um God then decides to fuck up all the Egyptians in the frat house uh for having their big dicks just out and all over the place.
1: Or just for having him because he's got dick envy. He does. He's got a small dick. Little dick God.
0: (laughs) But not only does God beat the fuck out of the Egyptians in the frat house, but also God beats and terrorizes his wife, Israel. All right. So to move on from that one, let's talk about two eagles and a vine.
1: (laughs) We didn't even get to the point of the parable. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so anyways, this one eagle flies by, picks up a vine, and plants it in a Walmart. Because that's where you do that kind of shit. And then another eagle does something or another. Um, but anyways, the point of this is that Lord Zed in Jerusalem gets abducted by aliens, or also known as uh, the Babylonians. Um, God is going to plant a vine in the Smoky Mountains and create the world tree from Norse mythology. God ironically discusses taking responsibility for your own actions. That's weird. It, it is weird considering the fact that he's all about pushing the blame off onto the Israelites this entire time. Like in the other books, I mean, God was like, listen, I'm about to beat your ass, but it's your own fault. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, I'm not the one to it hurts me more or it hurts. Hurts me more than it hurts you. yeah sorry i had to get that right i'm not an abusive fox i don't know how that goes yeah um and then he wants to clarify with everybody right here at the end okay if you're a good person and you do something wicked you're gonna burn in the hellfires forever but if you're a wicked person that repents you're golden you get through the gates accurate Yep, and that's going to be it for the Bible study today. That last part really is the only only part that you really need to know about, other than um, our lawyers want to tell you to don't go out and fuck the plants.
1: The lawyers called about the plants?
0: Yeah, I mean, very specifically about the plants. Apparently there's a big problem with people going around fucking the earth. Literally. Okay. They're called ecosexuals.
1: And this is a big problem.
0: I mean... Yeah. You ever seen a <laughs> naked person fucking the ground out in your yard?
1: I mean, as well, in my yard, that would be a problem. But if they're doing it in their yard, that's really not my business. Hey, hey
0: Phil, could you please quit fucking my plants, please? <laughs> I would really you, appreciate it. You <laughs>
1: have four flower beds in your yard. Can you keep it on your property? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Phil's just out there playing in the mud, rubbing it on his junk.
1: I'll even buy Phil a potted plant. Yeah. Like here, you go. Keep this on your yard. Would you have
0: to microwave it and like, with like microwave it after he puts water in it?
1: You probably shouldn't microwave a plant.
0: Uh, well, I meant like a pot, like a pot with soil in it.
1: I mean, I wouldn't.
0: Okay. Why I was just, would one? I was, I was, I was thinking back to like American Pie.
1: Just set it in the sun for a little while. It'll be fine.
0: Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. what's up heathens how How y'all doing doing? so as you all heard in the opening i got shit wrong (laughs) i mean honestly these are allegories so it's really in the eye of the beholder what the meaning is i mean that's what i've always heard
1: i mean fair sort of yeah i mean there's generally accepted meanings but you can take out of it what you will yeah Mm mm-hmm
0: Okay. Well, there's definitely a George of the Jungle swinging on a vine, and no. then he gets thrown into a bonfire today.
1: That's not a thing.
0: Something's getting thrown into a bonfire.
1: Okay. Um. <laughs> so, today we're going to be going over Ezekiel 15 through 18. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you want to just we're we're talk we're going through three allegories, and then we're going to talk about uh, personal responsibility.
0: Because that's not weird and ironic.
1: I've got, I mean, I've got verses for you. I've got verses. Right.
0: Well, I'll try to keep my mouth shut as much as possible. I think I've said my piece on the whole (laughs) plant lady getting raped by God.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, you're the funny one. So you probably should, you know, chime in here and there. Okay. Okay.
0: It just feels like it's going to be a long day. So
1: we'll do our best. Okay. Okay. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man. How is the wood of a vine different from that? of a branch from any of the trees in the forest is wood ever taken from it to make anything useful. Do they make pegs from it to hang things on? So they're talking about the wood of a vine, right? Versus Mm -hmm. the wood of a tree. Like, is there any use for the wood of a vine at all?
0: I mean, booby traps,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess in survivalist situations. (laughs) Uh, Second time we have mentioned survival. Um, but the point, the point he's trying to make is, which is interesting, they don't mention fruit because vines, typically fruit, grow on vines. So the purpose of a wood of a vine is you move the nutrients through and the fruit gets nutrients right through the vine. Mm-hmm. So the vine is not useless, but it's not useful in the same way that wood of a tree is useful. And if the vines bear no fruit, essentially, he's saying the wood is useless.
0: They're doubly useless.
1: <laughs> okay. So... After And after it is thrown on the fire as fuel and the fire burns both ends and chars the middle, is it then useful for anything? If it was not useful for anything when it was whole, how much less can it be made into something useful when the fire has burned it and it is charred? Good point, God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they use a lot of words just to say, hey, vines are pretty fucking useless. <laughs> I'm about to describe something using vine as an allegory.
1: Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. As I have given the wood of of the vine among the trees of the forest as fuel for the fire, so will I treat the people living in Jerusalem. I will set my face against them. Although they have come out of the fire, the fire will yet consume them. And when I set my face against them, you will know that I am Lord. I will make the land desolate because they have been unfaithful," declares the sovereign Lord.
0: Set his face against them.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's you know he bitch slaps them. So, like he won't he won't <laughs> show them his face. He's he's oh. taking himself away from them uh, oh, to is punish that what them. What it means? Yeah. Um.
0: Because I just imagine God like looking down into Jerusalem and like putting his face flush against like the town.
1: No, no, no. Turning, turning his face away from them so they can't see. Okay. Yeah. It's Because, you know, if I just turn my head around like this, mm-hmm. magically, somehow, you can't see me. I'm like John fucking Cena.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> thought I was supposed to be the funny one.
1: <laughs> um, So, I just find this interesting because he's comparing Israel to the wood of the vine,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is useless. So, Israel's useless, unless, of course, they bear his fruit, right? Israel's useless. And he's going to burn them in the fire. And once they're burned, they'll also be useless.
0: Yep. I mean, it sounds like an abuser.
1: (laughs) It's hard to imagine the point of this fucking story. But the (laughs) next story is the fun one. You ready? This Mm -hmm. story. This story is great. So this is the unfaithful wife's um, allegory. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, confront Jerusalem with her detestable practices and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says to Jerusalem. Your ancestry and birth were in the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in clothes. Now. Fuck. I just have to say, I saw this, nor were you rubbed with salt. And I had to take pause because I'm like, who the fuck rubs a baby with salt?
0: I don't think you should rub anything out with salt.
1: (laughs) But, well, salt is actually an uh, antiseptic. It has antiseptic properties.
0: Oh, okay. I still don't think you should use it as, like, hand lotion.
1: No, probably not. It would hurt. Um, But you can use it on a wound. Right. To help it not get infected. I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Okay. Okay, so there there are natural properties to salt that make it very useful. Well,
0: I just, I thought that, like, putting salt on a wound was, like, a bad thing.
1: No, it just burns. It just stings, but it's not a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. So, this practice of salting the baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) is... Is and this is before this is you this is not salting to cook it, so atheists calm down, okay? <laughs> this isn't like pre-roast we seasoning. S-
0: we gotta season our dessert here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, this is this is something they do with newborns, and this this practice is thousands of years old.
0: Right. Religious and, practice, right?
1: Yeah, and it, it started in as far as we know, it started in turkey. Um but
0: fucking turkey. <laughs> they,
1: they salt the baby's skin. To supposedly help promote good health for the infant. The problem is if you oversalt your baby, as anybody knows.
0: <laughs> it's a lot like if you oversalt your ham. <laughs> dries that some bitch out.
1: It dries them out. Something awful. Well, I mean, like when you're when you're working with meat and you salt it, like you can salt to dry like to create jerky and so you don't you don't want to don't put salt on your baby's skin there I read a story about this um these parents who who took their baby into the hospital because it was like legit dying and they didn't know why and it was because they were salting the baby like rubbing salt onto the baby's skin for an hour like two or three times a day and i'm like first of all this poor baby's skin is probably raw as fuck but also they caused it to have this um it's a specific type of dehydration
0: because as you all know we're made out of mostly water
1: yeah it's called hypernatremic dehydration and it's life-threatening yeah and you could kill your baby
0: So- Which I, I don't know, I don't understand why this was ever, like, a tradition in any kind of sense, because I would think that even people now, or at this point in time, would know that you can't go to the ocean and drink the salt water and, like, not die.
1: Well, they, they just, they rub it on, the, they thought that it was promoted good health. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Don't, don't, don't do it.
0: This is what religion does to you.
1: <laughs> just don't do it. Okay. So it's actually kind of a good thing that the baby wasn't rubbed with salt. But in this sense, it's bad that the baby wasn't rubbed with salt because no one cared. It continues. No one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field for on the day you were born, you were despised. I have to wonder how if they didn't cut the cord, the baby was thrown out in the field.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You would think, like, I don't know. I I don't think that you could throw a baby that far without cutting the umbilical. Maybe maybe they threw it so hard the umbilical just tore.
1: Oh, gross! I don't don't know. Talk about that. Okay, so (laughs) then I passed by, and I, in this case, is God. God is telling the story, right? Then I passed by and saw you kicking about in your blood, and as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, "Live."
0: I wish I had that kind of power just walk by somebody and be like live.
1: Yeah. Um I made you grow like a plant in the field. You grew and developed and entered puberty. Your breasts had formed and your hair had grown, yet you were stark naked. This is wait, getting wait, a little wait, uncomfortable. Wait
0: wait a second. So God sees a nasty uh, just born baby tossed into a field, mm-hmm. umbilical cord dangling and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, live, and the kid grows to at least puberty.
1: Well, it doesn't say it happens in an instant. Oh. It just says, I said, live, I made you grow like a plant in the field. You grew and developed and entered puberty. So I'm not, not, uh, it doesn't say if it happened right away or if it took time. Right. And God nurtured the baby.
0: I kind of feel like this is like it like having a lot of stuff like put in there that's just simply not there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but we're ju- we're just starting to get to the uncomfortable part. Okay, so okay. God's now checking out this um
0: newly this grown girl.
1: Newly pubescent.
0: Right, which it, girls are known to enter puberty between the ages of like what 8 and like 14 or something.
1: I don't know what the young young age is. I think the average is around 12 or 13 is like average. I don't know how early it can happen. Okay. Um,
0: the point is, is that as soon as the girl started to show titties, God was interested.
1: Yeah. And her hair had grown. Mm-hmm. Not on her head.
0: Oh, you know, point. I didn't catch that earlier.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the point.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Because, I mean... Kids younger than puberty have hair on their heads. True. Mm-hmm. This is about, this is about lady hair.
0: This is really creepy. Now that I know that particular context, <laughs> like, like I'm uncomfortable trying to think of jokes to make about God here because it's just, it's
1: <laughs> well, then let's just keep reading and make you more uncomfortable. Uh, right? what? Later I passed by. And when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love,
0: uh, I, I, that should be read as fucking that the, the girl was <laughs> at fucking age. Apparently
1: <laughs> I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your naked body. I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you declares the sovereign Lord and you became mine. Oh
0: my God. No. Yes. I feel like there's so much innuendo in that.
1: There's it's meant to be because they can't just straight up say, God fucked Israel right, and made it his bitch
0: with his oath,
1: with his oath.
0: (laughs) It was a small oath though.
1: We're going to find that out here in a (laughs) second. You ready? Well, not in a second. It's going to be a couple more minutes, but, um, and then it continues. So they did the deed, right? Um, and then God says, I bathed you with water and washed the blood from you and put ointments on you. I clothed you with an embroidered dress and put sandals of fine leather on you. I dressed you in fine linen and covered you with costly garments. I adorned you with jewelry. I put bracelets on your arms and a necklace around your neck and put a ring on your nose. Earrings in your ears and a beautiful crown on your head. So you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were of fine linen and costly fabric and embroidered cloth.
0: Yeah, so I feel like this is the grooming part because it's like.
1: He dressed her pretty.
0: He draped her, gave her special jewelry special clothes and like really love bombed her yeah it sounds abusive
1: well so i think this is really interesting because it talks about how he adorned her with jewelry with gold and silver how that's like he's he's pampering her right which i think is really interesting because in first timothy and first peter it talks about how women should not adorn themselves with jewels they should Uh, Be uh, respectable in apparel, modest, um, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly attire. Um, And and uh, let's see, it says that was in that was in First Timothy and First Peter. It says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be hidden, be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. So it says in other parts of the Bible that women shouldn't be adorned with jewels and fine clothes. Mm. So this seems a little contradictory to me, but there we are. You want to continue? You got anything? Yeah. Okay. Your food was honey, olive oil and the finest flour. You became very beautiful and rose to be a queen, and your fame spread among the nations on account of your beauty because the splendor I had given you made your beauty perfect, declares the sovereign lord. But you trusted in your beauty and used your fame to become a prostitute. You lavished your favors on anyone who passed by, and your beauty became his. You took some of your garments to make gaudy high places where you carried on your prostitution. You went to him, and he possessed your beauty.
0: Can you imagine walking down the street of Jerusalem and there's just this really tall, high place and there's a woman on top like (laughs) broadcasting her services?
1: I mean, that's kind of how they make it out to be. Yeah. You also took the fine jewelry I gave you, the jewelry made of my gold and silver, and you made for yourself male idols and engaged in prostitution with them. She made dildos. Yes.
0: She fucked herself with dildos.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, this is the one time where I could say like, yeah, God and dildos and it would be true.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you took your embroidered clothes to put them uh, to put on them and offered my oil and incense before them. Also, the food I provided for you, the flour, olive oil and honey I gave you to eat, you offered as a fragrant incense before them. This is what happened, declares the Sovereign Lord.
0: You know, sometimes a bitch wants to worship big dick.
1: (laughs) We're not even to that part. Well, I mean, obviously these
0: um, uh, male idols (laughs) are a bit more satisfying than God is.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've always been. Never mind. Um, (laughs) and (laughs) And you took your sons and daughters whom you bore to me and sacrificed them as food to the idols. Was your prostitution not enough? You slaughtered my children and sacrificed them to the idols. In all your detestable practices and your prostitution, you did not remember the days of your youth when you were naked and bare, kicking about in your blood. Generally, you don't remember the day that you're born. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Woe. Woe to you, declares the sovereign Lord. In addition to all your other wickedness, you built a mound for yourself and made a lofty shrine in every public square. At every street corner, you built your lofty shrines and degraded your beauties, spreading your legs with increasing promiscuity to anyone who passed by. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you engaged in prostitution with the Egyptians, your neighbors with large genitals, and aroused my anger with your increasing promiscuity.
0: Somebody's got dick envy right there. Them Egyptians yeah. with their big fucking dicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what's so weird about this to me is that it doesn't just say you engaged in prostitution with the Egyptians like they have to clarify the Egyptians, your neighbors with large dicks.
0: <laughs> I've seen their dicks all swinging about and shit. you can't fool me they're Israel
1: I'm really not sure why that was important to add here
0: well I don't I, yeah, I don't know, but I mean so the 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 wife has not only fashioned herself some dildos and decided to fuck herself with it.
1: She's fucking the neighbors.
0: She's she she's standing on the side of the road, uh, spreading her legs for just everybody that walks by. That's got to be uncomfortable for like the family looking to go to like temple or like the grocery store or something like that. Or just to go to
1: fucking get bagels.
0: Guys, please don't don't honey, don't look at don't look at that woman. She's crazy. (laughs) And then and and but then she's also got the frat boys next door, the Egyptians with large dicks. And, and she goes over there and I guess makes the rounds over there too. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like this is a, a bit of an embellishment on God's behalf there.
1: Well, we'll once we get this section right, ra- we'll wrap it up and like pin it to Israel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. All right. The big dick Egyptians. Here we go. Let's see. <laughs> so, So I stretched out my hand against you and reduced your territory. Oh, you know, the pimp took some of her her corners away from her because she fucked the big dick Egyptians.
0: Yeah. You know, I don't ever want to hear anything about how I insert dick into the Bible. You do,
1: but it's actually here this time.
0: Yeah. Well, I I mean, I feel like it's there the other times too. You just got to read between the lines. (laughs) I mean, you don't
1: even have to read in between the lines here. It's literally right there. No,
0: it's the dick is literally in your face. Yep
1: okay let's see uh i okay i out my hand against you reduce your territory i gave you over to the greed of your enemies your daughter your daughters of the philistines who were shocked by your lewd conduct you engaged in prostitution with the assyrians too because you were insatiable and even after that you were still not satisfied then you increased your promiscuity to include babylonia a land of merchants a land of merchants but even with this you were not satisfied (laughs)
0: you fucked the entire country of babylonia (laughs) damn girl
1: yeah i am filled with fury against you declares the sovereign lord when you do all these things acting like a brazen prostitute when you built your mounds at every street corner and made your lofty shrines in every public square you were unlike a prostitute because you scorned payment you adulterous wife. You prefer strangers to your own husband. All prostitutes receive gifts, but you give gifts to all your lovers, bribing them to come to you from everywhere for your illicit favors. So in your prostitution, you are the opposite of others. No one runs after you for your favors. You are the very opposite, for you give payment and none is given to you.
0: So a reverse prostitute.
1: No, not a reverse prostitute. She's not a She's not a whore. She's a slut. There's a the difference. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so God spends all this time making her out to be a prostitute, but really she's not. She's just a big giant slut.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's shaming her for it right now.
0: Okay. Slut shaming in the Bible.
1: Yeah. Um, we're, we're not done with the story yet. To... Oh, great.
0: <laughs> Bring on the dick.
1: Therefore, you prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Because you poured out your lust and exposed your naked body and your promiscuity with your lovers, and because of all your detestable idols, and because you gave them to your your children's blood, therefore I am going to gather all your lovers with whom you found pleasure, Those you loved as well as those you hated. I will gather them against you from all around and I will strip you in front of them and they will see you stark naked. I will sentence you to the punishment of women who commit adultery and who shed blood. Because it's a sin for a woman to shed blood. I will bring you, I will bring on you the blood vengeance of my wrath and jealous anger. Then I will deliver you into the hands of your lovers and they will tear down your mounds and destroy your lofty shrines. They will strip you of your clothes and take your fine jewelry and leave you stark naked. They will bring a mob against you who will stone you and hack you to pieces with their swords. They will burn down your houses and inflict punishment on you in the sight of many women. I will put a stop to your prostitution and you will no longer pay your lovers. Then my wrath against you will subside and my jealous anger will turn away from you. I will be calm and no longer angry because you did not remember the days of your youth but enraged me with all these things. I will surely bring down on your head what you have done, declares the sovereign Lord. Did you not add lewdness to all of your other detestable practices? So. <laughs> Damn. The point of this is Israel, the prostitute, right? Mm-hmm. The adulterous, unfaithful wife. Um, God makes Israel his his wife. His belongs to him. Mm-hmm. And the people of Israel, they worshipped other gods. They commingled with people in other countries, people in other um, regions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they practiced their customs, uh, religious and otherwise, right? Right. And that's the prostitution, right? They 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 worshipped other idols. They had customs that weren't customs of Israel that mm-hmm. are written in uh, the Septuagint, right? They had beliefs that weren't written um, for them, mm-hmm. for them to follow, um, and they were. They were following other practices. Even if they did some of the things they were supposed to do, they still did all the other things with all of the other people, which they weren't supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So that's why God is mad, because he told them not to do that. But they're doing that anyway. So God's going to punish them for doing it. I'm not really sure why he couldn't just say that, considering he said that. for. I feel like we go through this every time we have a Bible podcast. Mm-hmm. He said that. So I don't know why we have to make it about a prostitute.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know why we
1: have to talk about a young teenage girl in her boobs.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know why we have to talk about like. griping her. <laughs> I don't know why we have to talk about that. I don't know why we have to talk about like all this. This just doesn't. It feels unnecessary.
0: It feels very misogynistic. Yeah, it is the Bible.
1: But what we learned is whoever wrote this knows that Egyptians have big dicks. So ladies, <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for a do, uh Egyptians, apparently. Yeah. It's in the Bible.
0: It's just it's fact in the Bible. It's Egyptians the Bible. have big dicks and everybody wants the big dick Egyptians.
1: And and God has and dick envy from the Egyptians obviously
0: and those male idols
1: so all that leads me to believe is God's glory isn't quite as glorious as he'd like everybody to think it is
0: Mm, it's it's a lot of talk but you know he just needs a little curtain
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay are you ready to continue (laughs) yeah everyone who quotes proverbs will quote this proverb about you like mother like daughter You are a true daughter of your mother who despised her husband and her children, and you are a true sister of your sisters who despised their husbands and their children. Your mother was a Hittite and your father an Amorite. Your older sister was a Samaria who lived to the north of you with her daughters, and your younger sister who lived to the south of you with her daughters was Sodom. You not only followed in their ways and copied their detestable practices, but in all your ways, you soon became more depraved than they. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, your sister Sodom and her daughters never did what you and your daughters have done. So basically, he's saying Israel's worse than everybody else. They're not well, only they they not only do these things, they're worse.
0: Right. If, if memory serves, God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So I'm just kind of curious as to why God doesn't destroy Israel. I mean, he's gonna. I meant like he destroyed them with like fire and brimstone and shit. Yeah. But I mean, Jerusalem and all of them still exist today.
1: Yeah, that seems problematic, doesn't it?
0: A little bit. This is
1: remnant. It's the oh, remnant. That's, it's the remnant. Yeah. It. Uh, now, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They. D- <laughs> God, <wait> now <laughs> he's fat, shaming. <laughs> Fuck. They did not help the poor and needy. They were haughty and did detestable things before me. Therefore, I did away with them as you have seen. Samaria did not commit half the sins you did. You have done more detestable things than they and have made your sisters seem righteous by all these things you have done. Bear your disgrace for you have furnished some justification for your sisters. Because your sins were more vile than theirs, they appear more righteous than you. So then be ashamed and bear your disgrace for you have made your sisters appear righteous.
0: Well, where is this at? In Ezekiel? This
1: is Ezekiel sixteen forty-four through 52.
0: It's it's real, because right there, it, it tells us why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed mm-hmm. for being ungrateful and like just basically being shitty people in general.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably going to be closer to 48.
0: Okay. But still, like, because a lot of times Christians will say that Sodom and Gomorrah was killed for, you know, homosexual activity. But in fact, they were actually destroyed because they were not all that. They they didn't greet the angels like they should have or something like they just weren't nice people. And so it's like that's that's the reason it's not it's not just the wanting to rape the angels. No. Or grape the angels. It's because they were just, you know, shitty fucking hosts.
1: Yeah. They were arrogant, overfed, unconcerned. They didn't help the poor and needy. They needy. They were haughty and did detestable things. <laughs>
0: It's just this makes a really good like if any any time anybody brings up Sodom and Gomorrah as far as like LGBTQ goes, mm-hmm. this is a really good verse to throw back in their face about like why Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean refuting them with their own theology, I feel it makes the strongest case.
1: Absolutely, I completely agree. Yeah.
0: Anyway, it's kind of a mental note for me, I guess.
1: Okay, um, okay, so we're gonna continue. However, I will restore the fortunes of Sodom and her daughters, and of Samaria and her daughters, and your fortunes along with them, so that you may bear your disgrace and be ashamed of all you have done in giving them comfort. And your sisters Sodom with her daughters and Samaria with her daughters will return to what they were before, and you and your daughters will return to what you were before. You would not even mention your sister Sodom in the day of your pride before your wickedness was uncovered. Even so, you are now scorned by the daughters of Edom, And all her neighbors and all the daughters of the Philistines, all those around you who despise you. You will bear the consequences of your lewdness and your detestable practices, declares the Lord. This is
0: what. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, fuck you.
1: (laughs) This is what the sovereign Lord says. I will deal with you as you deserve because you have despised my oath by breaking the covenant. Yet I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed of be ashamed when you receive your sisters, both those who are older than you and those who are younger. I will give them to you as daughters, but not on the basis of my covenant with you. So I will establish my covenant with you, and you will know that I am the Lord. And then when I make atonement for you, for all you have done, you will remember and be ashamed and never again open your mouth because of your humiliation, declares the sovereign Lord.
0: Obviously. Fuck yeah, Lord.
1: So again, we come back to, I'm going to fuck you up because you fucked up and, but don't worry because I'm going to remember the covenant that we had with each other and I'm going to, it's going to be fine,
0: wait, wait, but if, only if, for some of you. If he's going to remember the covenant, why is he fucking them up?
1: After he's if, mad. He'll remember uh, it after he's pissed. Oh, you know, so when it's his like ang- his... when his anger like se- when, subsides a little bit and he realizes he's being a total dick bag. Then he'll he'll calm down and he'll be like, oh fuck, I can't totally fuck these people up because I made a covenant with them.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I've got to save a few and calm the fuck down.
0: Yeah. So he has rage blackouts.
1: Yeah, he needs to count to ten before he does shit.
0: Yeah, you would think. I, I feel like counting to ten and waiting until your anger or anxiety subsides might be a good thing for you.
1: Yeah, my mom always told me to count to ten when I was mad about something, and I remember this one time. This is totally like in left field, but one time I was really pissed at this apartment complex I lived at when I was, it was my very first apartment. I think it was, I think it was 19. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was really pissed at the people who ran the apartment complex. And so I was on the phone with my mom. and She was like, you need to count to 10. And I was like, I'll fucking count to 10 on my way over there. (laughs) 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 She just thought that was the the funniest thing. (laughs) because <laughs> i was like storming over to the apartment office counting to 10 um i don't even remember what i was mad about that's how important <laughs> anyway that's the end of that allegory are you ready for the next one yeah yeah okay uh this is the two eagles in a vine right we're back to vine shit but vines let's add oh, eagles fuck. to it
0: what the why the fuck is he all concerned with vines
1: Well, I mean, I mean, are there
0: a lot of jungle vines in the fucking Middle East?
1: Well, there's a lot about grapevines. Plus, they use grapevines and vines in general, um, as like they connect that to the Messiah and the vine that bears his fruit. And like the vines are a really—it's one of those things you talk about. Like it's a magical number. A vine is a fucking magical thing, right? Okay. Okay. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set forth an allegory to tell it to the Israelites as a parable. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. A great Eagle with powerful wings, long feathers and full plumage of varied colors. <clears throat> okay. You have to tell them Ezekiel. You have to tell them how many feathers this fuck had. It was the fluffiest fucking Eagle I've ever seen. Full plumage. <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh anyway that the the fucking big ass fluffy bird came to lebanon taking hold of the top of a cedar he broke off its topmost shoot and carried it away to a land of merchants where he planted it in a city of traders not traitors, traders
0: like walmart
1: oh that's where you got that traders <laughs> i was like where the fuck did he get walmart got it okay He took one of the seedlings of the land and put it in fertile soil. He planted it like a willow by abundant water, and it sprouted and became a low spreading vine. Its branches turned toward him, but its roots remained under it. So it became a vine and produced branches and put out leafy boughs. But there was another great eagle with powerful wings, also full plumage. The vine now sent out its roots toward him from the plot where it was planted and stretched out its branches to him for water. It had been planted in good soil by abundant water so that it would produce branches, bear fruit, and become a splendid vine.
0: It, you know, when it says full plumage, I can't help but to think that it's talking about. And this eagle definitely had a big dick, okay? <laughs> full plumage here.
1: Plumage is feathers.
0: I know, I'm right? saying like it's, it's innuendo. I, well, not, I the, guess...
1: not the feathers of its wings, but the plumage is the feathers on its body. The okay. Soft, the soft... N- not the feathers you find like on the ground, really. I know. Okay.
0: You're you're still not saying anything. That it has nothing dispers- to do with dick. Bird dick.
1: <laughs> Which has <laughs> nothing to do with plumage. <laughs> anyway. So we know about the other eagle, right? Say to them. Uh, oh, and the, and the point of this is that you plant it in good soil. It produces branches, bears fruit, and becomes splendid, right? Israel, right. that's what he wants Israel to happen to Israel. He, they'll follow his word. They'll be splendid, have water, which is him, right? He's, he waters and takes care of them and then they will bear fruit and be awesome. Okay. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Will it thrive? Will it not be uprooted and stripped of its fruit so that it withers? All its new growth will wither. It will not take a strong arm or many people to pull it up by the roots. It has been planted, but will it thrive? Will it not wither completely when the east wind strikes it wither away in the plot where it grew." Then the word of the Lord came to me. Say this to the rebellious people. Do you not know what these things mean? No, God, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. (laughs) Say to them, the king of Babylon went to Jerusalem and carried off her king and her nobles, bringing them back with him to Babylon. Then he took a member of the royal family and made a treaty with him, putting him under oath. He also carried away the leading men of the land so that the kingdom would be brought low, unable to rise again, surviving only by keeping his treaty. But the king rebelled against him by sending his envoys to Egypt, where the big dicks live (laughs) to, to get horses and a large army. Will he succeed? Will he do, will he who does such things escape? Will he break the treaty and yet escape? As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, he shall die in Babylon, in the land of the king who put him on the throne, whose oath he despised and whose treaty he broke. Pharaoh, with his mighty army and great horde, will be of no help to him in war, when ramps are built and siege workers erected to destroy many lives. He Despised the oath by breaking the covenant because he had given his hand in a pledge, and yet did all these things, he shall not escape. <clears throat> so, what he's talking about here, just in case you don't know, is he's talking about King Zedekiah, okay, and what happens to King Zedekiah and how he is ruined.
0: Lord Lord Zed gets ruined.
1: Well, you know he gets he gets. Kidnapped, right? And taken right. to Babylon. So this is this is like the detailed description of what happens to Zedekiah, but it doesn't say that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. As surely as I live, I will repay him for despising my oath and breaking my covenant. I will spread my net for him and he will be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylon and execute judgment on him uh, there because he was unfaithful to me. All his choice troops will fall by the sword and the survivors will be scattered to the winds. Then you will know that the Lord have spoken or that I, I, the Lord have spoken. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender spring from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it and it will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it and they will find shelter in the shade of its branches. All the trees of the forest will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree. And make the low tree grow tall. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. Honey,
0: maybe I'm wrong. Huh. But trees don't think.
1: I mean, in this world they do.
0: A world according to God, trees think God is the best God.
1: I mean, the trees are going to know. Uh, apparently. You could be a totally wet tree. And that could be a totally dry tree, but I can take your water and give it to the dry one. So don't fuck with me. I don't know. That's what he's saying.
0: (laughs) I'll fucking sap all the water out of Mm -hmm. you and I'll inject it into that bitch right there.
1: Yeah, he says, I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's 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 saying, what right, he's saying right here is, I'm the one that knocks.
0: <laughs> oh, I am the one that knocks.
1: <laughs> that's what he's saying right here, but not nearly as badass, right? Yeah. Okay. So, that's the end of Ezekiel 17. We right. still have one more chapter in Ezekiel, but that's the end of the three parables, the three allegories that we're going to talk about today. So, okay. yeah, we just went through the the useless vine, right? Yep. The bitch-whore wife. <laughs> well, slutty wife, right? Because she doesn't get paid. Slutty wife. And the eagles and the trees. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So in Ezekiel 18, we're going to talk about personal accountability.
0: Ooh, this ought to be rich.
1: Mm-hmm. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The parents eat sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Apparently, that's a proverb that they say in Israel.
0: Apparently. For they reasons don't, that
1: nobody understands. They don't, they don't have
0: good proverbs or parables.
1: No, it's terrible. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. Because apparently he doesn't fucking like it. For, <laughs> every, for everyone who belongs to me, the parent as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. Suppose. Okay. Suppose there is a righteous man who does what is just and right. He does not eat the mountain shrines or look on to, look to the idols of Israel. He does not defile his neighbor's wife or have sexual relations with a woman during her period.
0: Because <clears throat> that's important.
1: Yeah. He does not oppress anyone but returns to what he took in pledge for a loan. He does not commit robbery, but gives food to the hungry and provides clothing for the naked. He does not lend to them at interest or take a profit from them. He withholds his hand from doing wrong and judges fairly between two parties. He follows my decrees and faithfully keeps my laws. That man is righteous. He will surely live, declares the sovereign. Okay. Suppose he, the guy we just described, has a violent son who sheds blood or does any of these other things these other things right right uh though the father has done none of them he eats the mountain shrines defiles his neighbor's wife oppresses the poor and needy commits robbery does not return what he took in pledge looks to the idols does detestable things and lends it interest because charging interest to people is wrong let's tell the (laughs) banks and everybody else
0: (laughs) right the bible says so so you gotta you gotta stop that
1: shit yeah will such a man live He will not, because he has done all these detestable things. He is to be put to death. His blood will be on his own head. But suppose this son has a son who sees all the sins his father commits, and though he sees them, he does not do such things. He does not eat at the the mountain shrines or look to the idols of Israel. He does not defile his neighbor's wife. He does not oppress anyone or requiring a pledge for a loan. He does not commit robbery, but gives the food to his food to the hungry and provides clothing for the naked. He withholds his hand from mistreating the poor and takes no interest or profit from them. He keeps my laws and follows my decrees. He will not die for his father's sin, but will surely live. But his father will die for his own sin because he practiced extortion, robbed his brother and did what was wrong among his people. Yet you ask, why does, why does the son not share the guilt of the father? And this is a great question. Do you know why? Do you know why? This is such a good question.
0: Is it because God said something completely contradictory before?
1: It is because God has said totally contradictory shit many times before. Okay? In Numbers chapter 14, God says, "Um, The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving the iniquity and transgression. But... He will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. That's in Numbers 14. Mm -hmm. In Exodus, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, am your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Right? So in Numbers and in Exodus, he says the exact opposite to this. So this is a good fucking question. Why does the son not share the guilt of his father? That's what you said it was before.
0: Dumb bitch.
1: Yeah. Since the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to keep all my decrees, he will surely live. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent show the guilt of a child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. Now, this seems way more fair than earlier. It right? does. But it's absolutely contradictory.
0: Yep, because the Bible's horribly written.
1: Not great. Okay, we have one more part here. You ready? Yes. But, so um, we just did the righteous will be credited with righteousness, the wicked credited with wickedness, right? Yep. But if a wicked person turns away from all the sins they have committed and keeps all my decrees and does what is just and right, that person will surely live. They will not die. None of the offenses they have committed will be remembered against them. Because of the righteous things they have done, they will live. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? declares the Sovereign Lord? Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their wicked ways and live? I mean, I guess, but I this mean, is, I would think so, yeah, so this is basically saying, no matter what bad shit you do in your life, if you repent and become righteous, then all of that will be forgotten, and you' will be saved. okay, yeah, but. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin and does the same detestable things the wicked person does, will they live? None of the righteous things that person has done will be remembered. Because of the unfaithfulness they are guilty of and because of the sins they have committed, they will die. So if a wicked person turns righteous, they'll be saved. And Mm -hmm. all their sins forgotten. Mm -hmm. If a righteous person turns wicked, only their wickedness will be remembered. And their righteousness will be forgotten. And they will die.
0: So not even if they repent?
1: Well, I guess that would have to be they were righteous, then wicked, then righteous. So I think we have to follow like back and forth and back. But if they die in, during, while they're wicked, mm-hmm. then they'll die. None of any of the righteous things that they did would be remembered. But the wicked person who turned righteous, their righteousness will be remembered, but the wickedness forgotten. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yet you say, the word of the Lord is not just. Hear you, Israelites, is my way unjust? Is it not your ways that are unjust? If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin, they will die for it. Because of the sin they have committed, they will die. But if a wicked person turns away from the wickedness they have committed and does what is just and right, they will save their life. Because they consider all the offenses they have committed and turned away from them, that person will surely live. They will not die. Yet the Israelites say, the way of the Lord is not just. Are my ways unjust, people of Israel? Is it not your ways that are unjust? That really doesn't explain it. You just, you he sounds like Tucker Carlson. You know how Tucker sounds when you just fucking ask questions? Mm-hmm. He just repeats shit and asks questions.
0: I feel like God's out there like, I'm unjust? What about you fucking unjust motherfuckers? And he, I'm
1: unjust. But he doesn't explain it, really. Right. Yeah. Therefore, you Israelites, I will judge each of you according to your own ways, declares the Sovereign Lord. Repent. Turn away from all your offenses. The, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone. Disagree. Yeah, De- he's <laughs>
0: definitely happy about killing some of these motherfuckers.
1: Declares the sovereign Lord, repent and live.
0: I'm not happy beating your ass all the time. Okay. <laughs> you make me do it. <laughs> yeah
1: so that's all for today woo next time we're gonna pick up with um Ezekiel 19 right we're gonna kay. pick up right where we left off um and Ezekiel is gonna re- write um a lament for the kings mm-hmm. um so we're gonna read about that and we're gonna actually hear in in Ezekiel 20 we talk about the history of rebelliousness in Israel and Judah right okay. So we're going to talk about how they rebelled and what that was uh, all about that. Um, we're also going to talk about the present rebelliousness and mm-hmm. what they're doing currently that is causing a problem. Because it's not just in the past. It's right. now. It's how they're being now. Um, he also talks about how there will be a time of no rebellion. Okay. Um, He tells them about the homeland. Right. Uh, And the sword of judgment.
0: His dick. Got it.
1: Well, and he also talks about how Babylonia is a sword because, you know, God uses the other nations to be a sword, quote unquote, on Israel. Yeah. Right. Um, And then there's going to be a, he's, Ezekiel's going to give Zedekiah a warning. Okay. Okay. Uh, And there's a few other things, but that's the the basic gist of it. Okay. Mm hmm. Then the week after that, we're going to be back to promiscuous sisters.
0: Ooh, promiscuous sisters. See, I don't even have to mention it. <laughs> well, heathens, I hope that you enjoyed today's Bible study. If you would, please go down below, leave us a comment down in the comment section, and uh, also smash that like button and subscribe if you like this kind of Bible study.
1: And as always, don't forget to stand up and use your voice.
0: Bye, heathens.
1: Bye, y'all.